Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. This week, a couple of polls I find interesting, and of course, you know, it's not just about the head-to-head numbers. We always talk about that. We promise we'll be very quick talking about the debate. Like really quick. And we, yeah, and we, and we, we revisit something I said before uh, the 2022 midterms, what's changed. Alex, where do you want to get started, my friend? Joe, you, we got to talk about it, I think. You'll forgive me if I didn't watch the Republican debate why? last night. I mean, no. Why did you did you watch it? Yeah, I mean, why absolutely. do we have to talk about no, it? No, I did not watch it. I, I mean, at this point, why would you? It was it was just a, you know, a hot mess. It's it's really embarrassing. I mean, just the I look, I've been doing this for 40 years. I've never seen a debate like like that one. It was just way over the top, bunch of yelling at each other. I guess CNN called it messy. That's I guess nice. that's yeah. I, I would say that's being generous. Yeah, it was, you know, it was funny. Ron was the last one to speak. Uh, he's like sort of stood just stood there for like 10 minutes. It was just really it was weird. Yeah, I mean, just just like just like frozen stiff for 10 minutes and which is, you know, actually maybe a better look so, for him uh, and just didn't say anything, which also <laughs> might be a better tactic for him. But any any case, uh, you know, Haley predictably went after Vivek really hard. That seems to be like her attack of choice or her her candidate of choice to whack, second choice to whacking Trump, of course, which she doesn't really do. And so, you know, at this point, you know, I don't know. I mean, the, the cr- it was cringy the whole way. And the biggest cringe was, of course, Christie doing, you know, trying to nickname Donald Duck. Yeah. Uh, with that look after, he, you know, the thing about Christie, he telegraphs when he thinks he really said something smart. You know, he gets that look on his face like, yeah, that, I pulled that one off uh, when he, he didn't actually pull it off. Now, I'm a fan of Christie at the podium because he does uh, genuinely go after Trump uh, more than the rest of them. But even he raises hand halfway in that first debate about whether it's for uh, Trump if he was a convicted felon. So, you know, the whole group of them is uh, uh, just as the debate anyway, it was it was embarrassing. I don't think we we need to unless you have some follow up stuff there. Uh, I'm not sure we should spend more time on it. So like you campaign manager, you've done more debate prep than most people ever will. and like. Do you prepare for something like this to go just devolve into a shouting match? Like, it almost seemed like that was their plan. But like, so like, let's say you've got a candidate, you know, you you want them to do X, Y, and Z. You're worried about them avoiding one topic or saying something else. And then the other eight on the stage are all yelling at each other. Like, what do you tell your candidate to do? Do you say jump in? Do you say avoid it? Like, it just, no one came off well last night. Well, I mean, they didn't have control. The moderators totally lacked any control over any of it. But no, yeah, you you don't the, the mistake most people make in prepping candidates is that most you know campaigns do is is just preparing them, you know, for debate questions. It's not about that at all. It's about like you said, it's about understanding this is going to occur and how do you and preparing you know a, a, some response that breaks through when it does. In other words, so it was very predictable that this thing would turn out to be, you know, a bunch of screaming and yelling. Yeah, you would. Okay, when this happens, here's what you should do, Nikki, or here's what you should do. Uh, You know, here's what you look for the opening. 
And maybe it's a, you know, it's just, you, you know, is there, are there any adults standing here on the stage right now? So, I mean, I'm sorry, you know, in other words, like some, some moment that, you know, I, I'm not sitting here with the, the line in my, you know, in my head given, but they knew they had to know that this was going to happen. It happened the last one. This one was worse. It looks like they each went in. It's like, in other words, Christie, he really didn't care what the hell happened in the debate. He was going to say Donald Duck. You know, that was his whole purpose for being in this debate, Donald right. Duck. I think she went into this de debate knowing that she was going to turn to him and to Vivek and say, you know, I just feel a little dumber uh, yeah. having listened to, to you. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They all went in with sort of a line against, you know, somebody else in the field. And they were going to do it no matter what and didn't have any real strategy and, 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 and understanding that, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that, but there are going to be certain moments. And when she does that, you know she's going to do it. What do you, I mean, I'm not talking about Vivek. I'm talking about your Chris Christie. You know, she, the, all these things were very predictable, right? That, that Christie would go after Trump in some way, right? That, that she would go after Vivek, that, um, you, you know, uh, that there would be, you know, a messy screaming at each other thing happening. And all of them seemed ill-prepared to understand this moment's going to come. What am I going to do? So either you're sitting there quietly on the sidelines, uh, in a, like, like, yeah, like DeSantis, totally frozen, you know, or you're just repeating the dumb line that uh, you practice 500 times so much so that when you say Donald Duck, it looks so disingenuous um, that it just totally falls flat. So. I, I just think it, it was it, it was appallingly well. First of all, I think almost all these campaigns have been malpracticed by their teams, uh, and that's not necessarily fair to the team. Uh, there's hardly with some of these candidates, and also the fact is they've all you know there are very few people left, like Stuart Stevens, our our good friend at Lincoln Project, you know, and others who have have been through three, four, five or in my case, 10 presidential cycles, that doesn't mean they won or that they were, they were any smarter, but we know what, it, what, how to put a debate together, prep together, because I've done it, you know, 10 times uh, for some pretty big, you know, candidates as, as Stuart. I just don't think they know how to put a campaign together. The part of that is it's just not enough talent in their party, uh, right. particularly after, Trump kind of like rolled everybody in 2016 and then dominated the party ever since. So there haven't been like, you know, multiple presidential candidacies since 2016. And a lot of those people aren't going to come back and fight Trump. And, you know, so you, you've got this, I think, some teams with very small, little experience and candidates on top of that, who have no idea what it's like to run for president, no idea what they've gotten themselves into, and no idea what they need to do in a debate. Um, and so it's kind of like this messy, weird, hey, I came in with one line, watch me do it kind of debate where everything else is, uh, and they're so ridiculous in doing it that, and so obvious that it's amateur hour. And, you know, and then on top of that, you've got part of the screaming and everything is trying to be out mean out tough, out MAGA, even if it's just, you, you know, in, in stylistic ways, uh, your opponents on stage, 
regardless of where you may be on on policies, and God knows where any of them were on on policies last night. That Trippy Show will always be free with support from our advertisers, and we try to work with partners we believe in. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you keep what's stressing you bottled up, it can really start to drag you down. That's where therapy can help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Trippy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Trippy. Support for That Trippy Show comes from Odoo. What is Odoo? Well, Odoo is the only software your business will ever need. Featuring a suite of integrated business applications, Odoo connects your business operations together so you get more done in less time. Odoo has apps for everything. CRM, accounting, sales, HR, inventory, marketing, manufacturing, you name it. Odoo's got it. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash trippy. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash trippy. So I just wonder if it's better for us on the pro-democracy side I mean, rather than even give it any more airtime, and I realize I wrote that we should talk about it, so probably my fault. Yeah, but... you wrote that we should talk about it. You've had us talking about it for over 10 minutes now. So, but should we all just say, like, we're not watching this? No one is watching it. No one is watching these things. Let me, at this stage of the, of the campaign, the only people who are watching are, for the most part, are people who've made up their minds. In other words, if you're for Vivek, uh, you're, or you're for Nikki, or God help you, you're a Ron DeSantis fan. You're watching the debates and cheering for your for your team. First of all, we're all it, the, the, the both parties. You know, we we've talked about you know polarization and tribalism and all other stuff that's going on right now in their party. So uh, you know, people Trump uh, MAGA is watching. They're not watching to see well who who am I going to vote for? Um, like yeah. There's a there's a real full-throated MAGA person watching these debates because they're actually looking at one of these other candidates. No, they're sitting there, you, you know, yelling at their TV screen about how could you say that about Donald Trump? They probably puked on Donald Duck or laughed. Um, and so most of the people watching this thing are doing it um, because they're cheering for somebody or they're masochists like you or for the pot, popcorn, you know, entertainment value. But very, very, very few. I mean, first of all, you know, these aren't uh, mega rated debates. One, and few of them are until you get to the general, uh, regardless of what party they're in. And the only people they're watching are partisans and usually partisans who already know what, you know, who they they're rooting for at the debate. You know, and so, no, I don't think it's it's going to change it, anything. I think the the press will. Uh, and I don't think they can pick a winner in this one, but they'll, you know, they'll say, hey, this one did, I think, you know, Nikki did, did did better than the rest by a small margin. She had her moment when she took on Vivek, you know, blah, blah, blah. The same thing we saw in the, the last one. And in the end, you know, somebody may move up two or three points or move down two or three points, but it's not really going to change the dynamics of the race. Yeah. So that that moment will come. 
I think, be, again, because of my, you know, it's just knowing how these debates tend to like just blur everything uh, when they turn in these screaming matches and no one emerges out of them and everybody kind of stays in a cluster, you know, in the high single digits and low, low, low double digits, low teens. Then when that happens, the only thing that breaks out is, is somebody uh, surprising in an actual vote uh, coming in second above all the rest of the field and in, uh, in Iowa. Things like that will matter much more than these debates will. Yeah. So, Joe, you and I were sending around a few poll numbers that we actually think might, in, in terms of things that actually do matter, that we thought were pretty interesting and, and our listeners might want to hear. What caught your eye? Well, first of all, I want to say something. It was an epiphany I had over the last uh, week. In, you know, in the consulting world, it's never really been said out loud, but I'm going to say it. Tracking polls, Uh-oh. Uh, which is a track every night, every single night you get a poll. And as Alex knows, in the, uh, to, in the Doug Jones Sometimes campaign, two. we got two, one at one in the morning and one around that came in about three in the morning. And in, you know, inside, the joke is uh, that the tracking po- polls are the crack cocaine of politics. That you get addicted to them. That you, 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 even though intellectually you understand that if you just woke up at seven or eight in the morning, you could read both the poll that came in at one and the poll that came in at three or three thirty. You intellectually, but you're so addicted that you wake up at one oh one oh one a.m. in the morning and read the one a.m. poll. You kind of like lay there staring at the ceiling and 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 turn and open up the laptop and look at the 3 a.m. poll at 3.01 a.m. and then sit there like, you know, mind whirling about what you're going to do with that data. It, this is inside a campaign. What has what, what hit me? And I know what that's like. In fact, it's so bizarre because the day oh. before the election, when you turn or a couple days before the election, when you turn off the tracking poll, it is like you literally you still yeah, wake up. You still you're going <laughs> yeah, through you some kind of up. denial withdrawal or something. I'm not, you know, uh, and I'm not making fun of uh, I'm trying not I don't I the reason I think people talk about this is cuz you it, you know there's nothing funny about crack addiction or crack cocaine. So I I, I understand that I want to say that flat out that that's not what I what I mean but I, I think it gives you kind of at least a, a semblance oh, of what I'm and before about. you get to your before you get to your epiphany, you know I think the worst, and this is really just very inside baseball. When you start asking your pollster for partial numbers, yeah, like yeah, yeah, through, because you you like yeah, like it's like you don't even have the full poll. You want to see what the first seventy five people said. It's like that's not you know it's not statistically significant. So but go then ahead. it hit me. We're fourteen months out or so, and there's a poll every freaking day. I mean, it may be the CNN poll yesterday, the NBC day, poll the day before, uh, a New York Times or Washington Post poll, you know, Quinnipiac, but, you know, Gallup, whatever. There's a poll every single day. And I think the punditry, I mean, so the reason we're talking like, why can't he fix his approval ratings? Why, is, why are so many people worried about age or, or this? Or why aren't they worried about, the, you know, the, 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 the indictments and the, and the charges? It's like, Every single day, it's the same thing. It's like a daily, there's now like a daily track going on every day that drives the cable cable, uh, uh, cable shows. And it's like the same thing, the punditry, the talking heads, um, 
the 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 people that come on the air are are like addicted to talking about these freaking numbers and most of them don't freaking matter because it's one thing trying to when you're looking at a track two weeks out to try to decide what you're going to do to change your message or to put a a a, a different spot on the air or, or what is your uh uh, or, or what's the candidate going to say in the debate about a key issue uh, because we're weeks out? But 14 days, out, 14 months out to be obsessing months. And, and to be addicted. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like the punditry. And I think a lot of activists, right? I mean, even though we all go, no, not a, not a freaking poll, right? We, what does it mean? What does it mean? Here's another one. Oh, maybe that one's an outlier. Let me look at the next one. And so, look, I, I'm going to just say one more time. Yeah, we'll talk about the polls. We may even, we will start when I think it matters, start doing poll roundups. But for the most part now, it's about, you know, reminding people that all these poll, all the head-to-heads now are wrong. Uh, They always have been. Um, That every incumbent president at this stage of the game in their uh, first term has been underwater or had low approval ratings. And and, in Obama's case was behind. And in uh, Reagan's case, was in a dead heat with a guy he would demolish in 49 states 14 months later. That, you know, all that, none of that stuff matters. But occasionally uh, you see some numbers that actually kind of make you, you know, think about, is that a trend? Is that something that's impacting how this thing will will turn out? So I do think that, you know, uh, when you start to look at some of the the numbers that are coming out uh, about the shutdown, for instance, that the uh, uh, you, you know that we should. That that's something that is that could impact. Uh, like Dobbs could have an impact. Uh, and so uh, I don't know where you want to, uh, where you wanted me to go with this, but I, I just wanted to. No, no, that that gets you there. That here's the number that I think is just really interesting from a strategic point of view. First of all, a new Navigator poll, and I think they asked two questions that I. Whenever I see this, the follow-up question, I get really excited. Number one, they say, you know, will, will the shutdown negatively affect people's lives? And it's like super negative, 56 points. And everybody, two-thirds of every, every group basically. 60% of independents, 61% of Republicans, 65% of Democrats. It's like you can't get independents, Republicans, and Democrats to agree on anything in the tribalized, right. uh, polarized but thing. Then you get, but then it gets weird. And this might be the polarization might be the answer. One of my favorite questions, just from a like, what do you do about it from a strategy point of view, is they ask people like, okay, so you know it's bad. Who do you blame for it? And this is this is the number that I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This yeah, yeah, yeah. says we got to do yeah, something. Yeah, they blame it. It's pretty much, you know, dead heat. 36% say Biden and the Democrats. Another, that 34 say Republicans in Congress. So we all know who's shutting down the government. Uh, if you're listening to this, this podcast, it's uh, it's pretty clear that it's the MAGA caucus that that owns McCarthy, um, that's holding everybody, uh, it, any sensible people that remain in the Republican uh, uh, House hostage, along with the Senate and the country. You know, twenty three percent blame you know both equally, but still, even if you put okay, so that means fifty nine percent blame Biden and the Democrats, and and fifty. Uh, 7%, I mean, when you add in the equal, blame the Republicans in Congress. By the way, it's Donald Trump um, screaming 
shut down the government so you can shut down the, my the my prosecution investigation the prosecutions yeah. yeah and it just shows you the two worlds that uh, exist out there information systems and it's why you know we have to stay in front of all this and brand it as the MAGA Trump shutdown um, it, you know that's where and I think you know as we record this. Uh, President Biden it will be making a speak about a speech about MAGA's um, threat to the to democracy itself. Um, I think I hope that this is all part of that of the effort to finally uh, brand the shutdown and the threat to our democracy uh, again. As he he started to do that uh, in the 2022 uh, midterm election, uh, a lot later in it. I think we need to start. And I think hopefully the speech uh, is a sign that, and anybody listening to this uh, needs to understand how important it is uh, that we all embark on making sure that there is a loud chorus out there basically branding this as the Trump mega shutdown. I mean, Joe, the one number that also sticks out from the 36 million Biden Twenty three percent say they blame both equally, and it's that whole like, oh, everybody, throw them all out. They're all. This is the kind of BS that like, I just can't stand. No, but this is it's the kind of BS that no labels is playing on, and the the problem with that is that again, we know this when people, uh, you know, in poll after poll, when people, uh, there are a lot of people, yeah, who who are, uh, don't want to see Donald Trump reelected. Uh, back in the White House, and they have problems with with um, with uh, President Biden, right? Regardless of whether it's age right. or policies or whatever, or they've bought into the he's the demon um, Satan worshiper. Uh, the, the 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 interesting thing is, no matter how much they uh, don't like both of them, in the end, in poll after poll and in focus groups that you you know you've seen in the past, I've seen those people break to Biden. Um, in the end, and, and one, two. So that's one uh, one thing. But the second part of that is, if you're out there like no labels, saying that now it's both parties are responsible for this stuff, you're equating a party that no, I mean that literally is trying to to as I as President Biden's going to say today, trying to destroy our democracy. There's nothing equal about that. There's nothing equal. Only where the Republican parties are the only is the only party that's ever shut down the government ever. Not both. One. Um, but no labels blurs this by saying, oh, you know, both parties are responsible. We need a, a, a new way. And by the way, it also the next sin is that um, or, or recklessness is that they know that people who who buy that. Would, if it was head to head, still vote for Biden in order to save the democracy. But no, no, no. Come and vote for us, taking votes away from Biden and and what? Putting Trump back in the White House. So the end result is that, yeah, the 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 people who are actually responsible for shutting down the government, for wrecking a bunch of people's lives, checks not coming Social Security checks not going, all this stuff, military, military not, not getting, getting paid, paid yeah. uh, VA benefits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The party that was responsible for that wins.
because of no labels BS and the fact that, by the way, and this goes back to the reporting. How the hell is it? It's an indictment on the press again. How is it that with all the, you know, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, all, all of them, including Fox, all of them, I mean, Breitbart, yeah, all of it. With all of it, no one's gotten who's really responsible for this. It's not because it's 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 because they're reporting it as both sides. The Republicans today said they're going to do this because if uh, well, first it was too much spending. Then when they realized that wasn't working, now they're gone. They're switching to the border is why they're shutting it down. There's no real reporting that real strong reporting that if you are doing this because of you, you know immigration policies that you're going to sh by shutting down the government you're going to stop the payroll of the people who are at the border trying to enforce what you know shut down you know keep the border secure so which will make it worse so that but there's none of this is none of this is being made clear to the american people yes some of that's our fault we need to do it do that. Um, clearly, the numbers here say that Biden Democrats have to do a better job of making it clear what that this is the Republicans. But it clearly shows how the press has completely failed to inform and report to the American people what's really going on. And I think it's because of the both both sidesism that goes on. And then on top of it, you have groups like No Labels out there continuing to do the false bullshit that both these parties are the same. They're not. Yet, you know, they're just not. They're, you're, one party is being led by an autocrat who wants power basically to pardon himself. And within that party out there changing, they're, they're rigging their own primaries right now to make every, every state out there is making them winner take all. So as long as Trump wins by one point, he's going to get all the delegates. They're going to do the same thing when it, it, in every one of those states where they have the power to do it uh, for, for changing rules to make it uh, 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 better for him in the general election, including how to count electoral college votes in those states. So you know that's one party. That's not the same as the party that actually has gotten some bipartisan stuff done actually got as a president who's actually gotten the uh, infrastructure bill passed when the the other guy uh promised infrastructure week every week and never got a damn thing done so i'm just saying that the, i think it's actually still infrastructure yeah, week. but they yeah. i'm just saying it uh, it makes you hot under the collar when you see this crap i mean um so this poll again forget the head-to-head -head numbers or any of that but you know so what's this poll say what this poll says is we're not getting, we're not creating enough divide and contrast between MAGA and Trump and Biden and democracy. I wouldn't even say Biden and Democrats, but Biden and democracy. And when you see that 36, 34, you know, uh, tie on who's to blame for the shutdown, it tells you we have a lot of work to do. Um, and it's not just uh, defining that contrast, but it's also stopping groups like No Labels who are just going to end up wittingly or not helping Donald Trump is, you know, we're not making this stuff up. You know, a new NBC news poll came out this week, folks. Uh, and again, ignore the head to head, but it, 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 it's not the head to head. It's what it teaches you about 
understanding the dynamics. So in this poll, Biden and Trump are tied at 46 each, you know, and Biden beats DeSantis by even more. But when they added a third, the third parties, including no labels, so Biden's in a head, dead heat, 46, 46, you know, and, and okay, ignore that. I t- I'm telling you it'll be different, uh, you know, 14 months from now. Uh, could be the same, but it's most likely going to be different. But here's, here's the interesting thing. When they added in the third parties, including no labels, Trump goes into the lead by three points. He falls from 46 to 39. Biden falls from 46 to 36. There's a reason for that. There are far few, far fewer people who, who are for Trump that are interested in unity and you know, a moderate centrist uh, party uh, or, or democracy. And there are a lot more of them uh, that are voting for Biden right now in that head-to-head. So as soon as no labels and these third parties uh, put candidates out there, what you see is a 46-46 dead heat. And there's other polls. We've done polling shows. You know, uh, Most polls have Biden in a three or four uh, point lead over Trump right now. But the same thing happens in every single one of them. As soon as you add no labels, uh, Trump goes into the lead. So why the hell do you have a group out there, a dark money group uh, that won't reveal who their donors are? And the few donors we can uncover or the press has reported on or, in, or investigative reporters ha- have looked into uh, have like our Harlan Crow, who, who uh, uh, you know, helps Clarence Thomas every chance he gets and, and, uh, and some Trump uh, uh, mega donors. What, what, what are they really trying to do here? And why are they out there saying, oh, both a pox on both parties? Because they, they know the, the people who buy that, that, that tripe are people who will, they're looking for a, a way out. Uh, they don't want to vote for Trump. They may not be happy for Biden. You give them some fluffy, um, nice sounding thing and four or five points come off Biden and Trump wins. It's a win-win for them. If you're a Trump donor giving to no labels, hey, you know, and you, and you legitimately wish somebody other than Trump, you know, I, I understand that, but that's not what it's about. They know. They know what they're doing. Those, donor, those donors know exactly what they're doing. The worst thing that happens for them is they get Donald Trump and their tax cuts. So that, that's a good place to park, park their money and hedge a bet. And that's what no labels is, is using to fund their harebrained, reckless idea. Sorry, I'll get off that soapbox. No, I mean that's a really good place to end today. Yeah, well, I got too too winded uh, on on some of that, too long winded on some of that stuff. But <laughs> but look, I do want to talk uh, next next week uh, about some of the things I th- I do see is uh, to be optimistic about in these. Uh, uh, you know, I did that in the midterms, and I'm seeing reasons to be optimistic in November of 2024. Uh, and uh, let's get into that on the next. Uh, we meant to get into that on this one, but let's do it on the next episode. Thanks, uh, everyone, for listening to That Trippy Show. A reminder that this podcast will always be free, and it's free because we now have advertisers to help us with production costs. We're glad to have them, and we hope you can enjoy some of their products, too. This podcast is part of Resolute Square. Check out the latest at ResoluteSquare.com slash trippy. Please subscribe to That Trippy Show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen, and you can always send us a question that Alex promises we'll get to at thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question in a review on iTunes. We'll see you next week.